Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord spoke to Ahaz and said, Ask the Lord your God for a sign for yourself, coming either from the depths of Sheol or from the heights above. No, Ahaz answered, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Listen now, house of David, are you not satisfied with trying the patience of men, without trying the patience of my God too? The Lord himself, therefore, will give you a sign. It is this, the maiden is with child and will soon give birth to a son, whom she will call Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let the Lord enter. He is King of glory. Let the Lord enter. He is the King of glory. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is he who set it on the seas, on the waters he made firm. Let the Lord enter. He is the King of glory. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things. Let the Lord enter. He is the King of glory. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him, seek the face of the God of Jacob. Let the Lord enter. He is the King of glory. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. From Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, who has been called to be an apostle, and especially chosen to preach the good news that God promised long ago through his prophets in the scriptures. This news is about the Son of God, who, according to the human nature he took, was a descendant of David. It is about Jesus Christ our Lord, who, in the order of the Spirit, the Spirit of holiness that was in him, was proclaimed Son of God in all his power through his resurrection from the dead. Through him we received grace and our apostolic mission to preach the obedience of faith to all pagan nations in honour of his name. You are one of these nations, and by his call belong to Jesus Christ. To you all then, who are God's beloved in Rome, called to be saints, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ send grace and peace. The Word of the Lord.
Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. A virgin will give birth to a son. His name will be Emmanuel. God is with us. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. This is how Jesus Christ came to be born. His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. But before they came to live together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a man of honour and wanting to spare her publicity, decided to divorce her informally. He had made up his mind to do this when the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because she has conceived what is in her by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you must name him Jesus, because he is the one who is to save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill the words spoken by the Lord through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, a name which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had told him to do. He took his wife to his home. The Gospel of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I find that when I look at the Christmas crib, my eyes naturally fall on the baby Jesus and his mother Mary. It's a beautiful sight to behold. Mary receives her child for the first time, and she begins in earnest the mission that has been entrusted to her nine months earlier, to be the mother of God. Looking at that sight, though, just slightly out of focus and a little in the background is the figure of Joseph. Perhaps it's easy to think of him as a kind of extra in the whole scene. After all, the baby isn't his. And I suppose Joseph is content playing the supporting role. But gratefully, on this fourth Sunday in Advent, we bring him centre stage so that we can see what kind of a man he truly is. Now, to appreciate the quality of the man and the strength of his character, we need to take a closer look at the customs surrounding marriage in first century Judea. Hopefully then we'll be able to make a little more sense out of what poor Joseph was confronted with and how he reacted. At the time, a man and a woman would be betrothed first. And then, at a later date, they would come to live together in one household. Now, this period of betrothal, it was more than what we would consider just being engaged. A betrothed couple had entered into a marriage bond. And this covenant was established between the spouses and arranged, usually, by the families of the spouses. Where we would understand engagement as being a time before getting married, betrothal, for them, was, well, no, the marriage has already come about. They're just not living together yet. They've already been 
bonded to one another, but they haven't come to establish that shared life yet. So a betrothed couple, Mary and Joseph here, have already entered into the bond of marriage. And during this in-between time, the couple lived apart. The bridegroom would busy himself by preparing a place for his wife in his home, and the bride would spend her time preparing her wedding dress. And when the time came for the couple to come together, the bridegroom would travel to the home of his bride and take her to the house he had prepared for them both. And then they would celebrate the wedding feast with family, friends and neighbours. It was at this time of the wedding feast that the marriage bond would be sealed, would be consummated, fulfilled. Just as a bit of an aside, you might remember the uh, parable that Jesus tells about the five wise bridesmaids and the five foolish bridesmaids. They're waiting for the arrival of the bridegroom and he's late and it goes into the night and the wise bridesmaids are the ones who've brought extra oil. Well, that's what's going on in the parable. They've come to the moment of the wedding feast and the bridegroom is coming to take his bride to himself. Well, anyway, this in-between time, this period of betrothal, would last, I suppose, about a year. And though the couple lived apart, they were bound to each other. And the expectation then was that they would be faithful to each other as if they already shared a home. Given that fact, we can only imagine how devastating the news of Mary's pregnancy must have been to Joseph. It must have felt like a grave betrayal that his new bride, who he hadn't even received into his home yet, had appeared to be unfaithful to him. Now, by rights, he could have divorced her by a public legal act, exposing her infidelity. But instead, Joseph decides to dissolve the betrothal contract quietly, privately. He decides to release his bride from the obligations established by the marriage arrangement the obligation to come and live with him. By this decision to divorce her informally, he's basically just saying, well, I guess you don't have to marry me. We learn that Joseph wanted to spare Mary public shame. Perhaps he thinks that freeing Mary from the bond of betrothal would enable her to marry the father of the child. I don't know, that's speculation. But whatever the final reasoning behind Joseph's actions, we can see the great measure of the man. In the midst of his perceived betrayal, and despite the tremendous sorrow and anger that it must have caused, Joseph's thought is of Mary, not of himself. How extraordinary. He's willing to protect the bride who had seemingly been unfaithful to him. And even in these few details, we see that Joseph is a man who's big-hearted, unselfish. He's merciful. Well, in the midst of his pain and confusion, having resolved to divorce Mary informally and to release her from her obligations to him, Joseph then receives this strange visitor in a dream. Don't be afraid to take Mary into your home, says the angel to continue with the time of betrothal and to come and celebrate the wedding feast. 
She's conceived what is in her by the Holy Spirit, says the angel. It's a remarkable change of heart. We hear in the gospel that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had told him to do, and he took his wife to his home. No hesitation. No wavering. It's amazing to think that Joseph was willing to change his course of action so quickly on the strength of the testimony of the angel in a dream. And I think it would have been a mistake to think that the angel clarified the whole situation for Joseph in the dream. The details that the angel gives are sparse. And there's a whole score of questions left unanswered. What do I tell my family about all of this? What do I tell people if the baby doesn't look like me? What's going to happen to my good name? Sure, Joseph now understands that his beautiful bride, instead of being unfaithful to him, was being completely faithful to God. But still, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Nevertheless, Joseph proceeds with confidence, knowing that if God makes a promise, he keeps it. And so he follows the angel's command with boldness and with courage. So in Joseph, we have a tremendous example of faith. He allows God to enter into and to shape his life. What we discover about this man of faith is that he's willing to allow the Lord to guide and direct him, even in the midst of confusion. Joseph is open to a horizon that's broader than just the narrow vision of his own reason and imagination. Joseph believes that God has a plan for him. And though he doesn't clearly see what that plan might be, Joseph gives his yes to God so that his will might be accomplished in his life. So in faith, Joseph abandoned himself totally into the merciful hands of God. He didn't see the whole road clearly before him. He only knew that God had asked him to take a step. Receive Mary into your home and name the boy Jesus. As a man of faith, he didn't need to see the whole road laid out before him. It was sufficient for him to have one step. And with bold obedience, Joseph takes that step. How could a virgin conceive and bear a son? And what would become of such a unique family? The angel doesn't explain. But on the strength of the word, Joseph allows God to interrupt his own plans. And they were to divorce Mary informally. So, we have here in St. Joseph a shining but admittedly challenging example of faith. Are we too willing to allow God to set the direction of our lives? Are we willing to let our own plans be interrupted by God? Are we prepared to be the actors in God's drama? To allow the Father to write the script and the Holy Spirit to be the director? Well, if so, then we can see what remarkable things are brought about when God is given the chance to write history. The Father had prepared tremendous graces for Joseph. He would become the father of Jesus and the husband of Mary. And all this comes about because he believes the words of the angel 
and takes Mary into his home and names his son Jesus. Thanks for praying with us and may God bless you abundantly so that this day may give glory to God the Father.